0: welcome to the granary church podcast we're happy you could join us for more information on the granary church head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the granary church so i just want to bring greetings from maitland we've had an amazing uh, time up at maitland lately we've had the uh, the great gospel tent going on and honestly we've just seen god do so many things Over this last little while, we've seen a whole bunch of people come to salvation. How good is that? God is on the move. Did you know that? He's absolutely on the move. So we saw, um, apart from a whole bunch of salvations, we've seen some of the most incredible healings over the last week and a bit. And, uh, you know, God, it's just amazing. There's nothing too difficult for our God. You know, when he's on the move, he's on the move. And, you know, we had an amazing morning at Maitland this morning. And uh, straight after church, we we uh, had our very, very first granary Maitland baptism. And we baptised a whole bunch of people there this morning. And that was fabulous. So God is doing amazing things. So it's great. I, uh, tonight I want to talk to you about, we've been, as you know, for a while now, we've been working through... Um, We've been working through the series of making sense of life, and we've been working through the Gospel of John. And through the recent weeks, we've looked at different topics. We've looked at spirituality, we've looked at love, we've looked at beauty, we've looked at freedom, we've looked at power. And tonight we're going to look at truth. And this actually finishes our series on, on, on the Gospel of John tonight, as we look at truth. And truth is an interesting one, and truth is one I wanted to do And truth is a topic that we probably don't spend a great deal of time talking about and perhaps that we should. And I think the reason that we probably don't necessarily feel that we need to talk about truth is because pretty well much we all feel that we've got a pretty good handle on what truth is, correct? Well, one person knows what truth is, right? Well, we do. We think we've got a pretty good handle on what it is. And in the the book that N.T. Wright wrote by, uh, called Broken Signpost, he made this incredible statement. He said this, he said, We yearn for truth, we need it, yet its perfection is always beyond our reach. That's an incredibly powerful statement. Its perfection is always beyond our reach. And you see, why is that? See, your truth might not be my truth. And I believe that truth is really quite subjective and it's, it's basically, it's subject to, I think, three things. It depends on how you were brought up, what you believe and what you've learned over a period of time. So your truth may not be my truth. You know, when I was penning that little statement down, I, I was reminded of a little story that I heard a while ago. And it's about this young 14 year old guy and, you know, 14 year old guys are like, they know everything and mum and dad know nothing and this guy couldn't believe just how dumb and how stupid mum and dad actually were. Until he got to about 21. And at 21, he looked at mum and dad and he thought, my goodness, they've learned a lot over the last seven years. You see? You see, see, what you believe to be true today isn't necessarily what you believe to be true tomorrow. John 18 says this. You remember when um, Jesus was brought and he stood before Pilate? So Jesus had been arrested and they brought him before Pilate. And Pilate asks Jesus this question. He said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, is that your own idea or did somebody already talk to you about me? Pilate said, your own people have brought you before me. He said, what have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. But my kingdom is from another place ah said pilate so you're a king then are you and jesus answered and he said this you say that i'm a king in fact the reason that i was born and came into the world is to testify of the truth and everyone on the side of truth listens to me and pilate said this he said truth what is truth and that's a statement that we often hear even in today's world people will often say what is truth and I think to fully understand truth, we need to understand what is the opposite of truth. Now, we know the opposite of truth is, is a lie, and we know where it comes from. And Jesus, in, chapter, in John chapter 8, verse 44, he was speaking quite harshly, I believe, to some people that didn't know him. And he said this, he said, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You know, in that scripture, I find it particularly interesting that Jesus said that when he speaks, he speaks his native language. He's the father of lies. He's a liar. And when he speaks, he's speaking his native language. You know, the, the, the enemy can speak nothing to you but lies. Whatever you hear coming from the enemy, it's a lie. If he's speaking into your world, into your life, it's a lie because that's his native language. And so we know who he is and we know what he is. But one of the things we need to be very, very careful about when we're uh, dealing with the enemy is we need to be aware of his tactics. The tactics that he used don't really change. So it's quite easily, easy to be aware of them. And I think in order to understand that, we need to go way back into Genesis chapter two. And you know the story where God spoke everything into creation and he created the garden of Eden and he he put Adam and he put Eve into the garden and he said to them everything that you need is in this garden you can eat the plants in this garden you can eat from the trees in this garden there are many trees there are many plants that they could consume it was a beautiful place everything that they needed was in this garden and he pointed out two trees there was two trees that the scripture talks about it talks about the tree of life and it talks about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil And he said, you can eat of anything except that tree. Don't eat of that tree. Because in the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And we flip over to chapter 3. And this is the first place in Scripture where we hear, or we, we see the enemy coming into play. And the first words that he speaks, we hear the enemy says, did God really say? Did God really say? And the first thing he does is he's planting a seed of doubt. One of the hallmarks of the enemy is that he'll plant a seed of doubt in your mind because when he can get you to doubt something, he's sort of got you already halfway to where he needs you to be once you start to doubt what's going on. And he said to, he said to Eve, he said to the woman, did God really say that you cannot eat of the trees in the garden? And she said, no, no, no. God said we can eat of all of the trees in the garden, but we can't eat that one. Because if we eat that one, we'll surely die. Well, he said, you surely won't die. And of course, we know the story that they ate the tree. Did they actually die? Well, we know that, no, they didn't. In a physical sense, they didn't die. But in a spiritual sense, they did. And in that moment of time, in that moment of time, that brought a separation between God and mankind. You know, we need to be careful in these days of... uh, of the tactics of the enemy. And one of his tactics is to tell what he's done here is a half-truth. Half-truths are so dangerous, guys, that we need to be very much aware of them. You know, we need to, and I'll read what I've written down here because I really like the way I wrote it and I can never quite remember it. It said, we need to be careful in these days that we don't fall into the trap of the enemy by giving ourselves into what has just enough truth attached to it to be plausible. Just enough truth attached to it to, to be believable. You know, something that sounds right, but it's actually a lie of the enemy. You know, and if someone tells you something or is asking you to go to something or to do a thing, right, if you get a bit of a check in your spirit about that, you need to pay attention to that check in your spirit because that check in your spirit just might well be the Holy Spirit alerting you to something you need to avoid. It's a place that you don't want to go. In John chapter 14, verse 15 and 17, Jesus said this, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. John chapter 15 and verse 26 says this, When the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then in John chapter 16 and verse 13, he says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own, but will only speak what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. It's interesting there you know in the uh, here in, we see in three consecutive chapters that Jesus is talking about the holy spirit coming and refers to the holy spirit as the spirit of truth. You know when you look back at what we've just looked at about the enemy you know there's one thing that we can we can put together from this that you know the lies come from come from the enemy and they come from the pit but truth comes straight from the throne of God through the holy spirit to us. Isn't that amazing? You know, we live in a world where it's become very unpopular to buck the trend of a postmodernistic society. Where truth is defined by accepting the narrative that's being fed to us rather than standing firm and strong on the word of God. And you know what, church, the well you know what world the church actually needs us? No. You know what, church? The world actually needs us to stand strong and to stand stand firm on the word of God. Whether it knows it or not, it actually needs the church to take that place and to stand and say enough is enough. The truth is the truth, whether it knows it or not. So why do we long for the truth? And we always long for the truth. We want to be told the truth, don't we? We don't want to be fed lies. We just want the truth. You know, we go to, we go to election times and we listen to the politicians ranting and raving and carrying on and you think, are they telling me the truth? Or not. <laughs> you know? And we really, really want them to be truthful to us, don't we? If they can't do a thing, tell us you can't do a thing. But be honest about it. And so we want the truth. So why do we long for it? I believe it's because the truth brings freedom. Yes. Word says it. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 says this To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I found this little saying, I love it. I love it. I've been hanging on to this one for a little while. It says this, The truth doesn't mind being questioned, but a lie doesn't like to be challenged. Isn't that true? You know, have you ever caught someone out on a lie or, or seen someone who's been caught out on a lie you, and you watch them all start to squirm, you know, and they start to squirm and get all uncomfortable about being caught out. And then they, try to get, and then they get all defensive as they try to justify the thing, don't they? You see, the truth doesn't mind being questioned. A lie doesn't like to be challenged. But one thing I do know is that when a lie is confronted by the truth, it has to yield to the truth. A lie cannot stand in in, in the presence of the truth. It, 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 It can't overcome the truth. The truth is the truth. And so there's more to truth than we can imagine. But in this short message, one thing, one thing I really do know to be true And that is this, without the sacrifice of Jesus, I and you and many of us here were justifiably facing an eternity of misery. Jesus said in John fourteen six, he said this, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And isn't it interesting there, he says, I am the way. There's no other way to the Father except through me. He said, I am the truth. He is the truth. You know, There was a time I was given the opportunity to actually meet Jesus. I'd heard about him and knew of him, but never actually been introduced to him. And I was given the opportunity to actually meet him and to accept his sacrifice so that I then could live in the truth of of the victorious and abundant life and destiny that I was designed for, that I was created to live. So what does that victorious and abundant life look like? Well does that mean that nothing in my world ever goes wrong i wish (laughs) what about you guys you're living a victorious abundant life where nothing ever goes wrong anybody put your hand up because if you are i want instructions this guy's got it (laughs) i want instructions you need to be up here but stuff goes wrong doesn't it and so um that's how it is you know i like a little saying it says you know the facts are but the truth is yes things go wrong yes stuff comes against us yes the enemy's at work yes there's all sorts of things that that just seem to go wrong in our world we get sick and we get all sorts of stuff but you know what the truth is i my strength and my source is in jesus he is my strength and he is my source and it doesn't matter what else is going on in my world i can draw directly from him and i love the story and one, I think it's a great example of how this outworks. There's a great story about Paul and Silas, and they were on a missionary journey. You can read about this yourselves in, in Acts chapter 16. It's a great story. So Paul and Silas were on this missionary journey, and it says that they were on their way to a place of prayer and that they'd met this woman that had been following them for a few days, and she was a slave, she was a slave girl. And the word says that she had a spirit in her, that enabled her to predict the future and she followed these guys around apparently for about three days and she kept drawing she kept crying out you know these guys are men of god and they will tell you how to how to get salvation these guys will tell you how to be saved and she followed them around for days doing this and they were on the way to this place of prayer and paul had had enough he just thought i can't do this anymore so he turned to the woman and he looked at her and he said right spirit out and he cast the thing out of her and she was set free just like that now you'd think that'd be the end of the story and it would be a good story and it would be a good ending but it wasn't she was a slave girl and so she she had an owner and the people that owned her used to make quite a considerable amount of money by uh, letting her be a fortune teller for people that they would charge for and so when they realised that their income had suddenly stopped because now this woman could no longer do that because the spirit's been cast out of her, they, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the magistrate and they brought a charge against them. And the charge that they brought against them was upheld by the magistrate. And the magistrate said, righto, these guys are to be stripped and they're to be, they're to be beaten and then they're to be imprisoned. Now I don't know, there's not too many guys here that might remember when i was a young bloke going to school if you did the wrong thing we used to get the cane anybody here ever had the cane not at saint phillips i've <laughs> well, seen a few hands going up over here so yeah who's had the cane come on hands up beat go and be brave own it own it yeah you guys are the bad guys in the school aren't you yeah okay yeah well i used to get the cane at school a lot and um and uh, you know it, it hurt you know, but when it talks here that they were beaten, it said that they are to be beat with rods. You know, and back in the day, what they would do is they would have at least two, or if not more, more people there, and they'd have these canes, these rods, and they would beat you with them. And it wasn't like you'd get one beating, then he'd come up and get while that one was coming up, there's another guy already beating you. And so you were getting flogged with these rods, and so they got beaten with these rods, and then they were put into prison. And the magistrate said, you make sure you keep an eye on these guys. He said to the jailer, keep an eye on these guys. You make sure they don't escape. You make sure they don't get out. And so the jailer put them into the middle part of the prison, the hardest, darkest, dingiest place that he could put them, the hardest place to get out of. He put them there. And just to make sure, he bound bound their feet in chains, in stocks. These guys weren't going anywhere. And so here they were. All of a sudden, they... They've gone from being on the way to a prayer meeting where they've just simply cast out a spirit to now they're in this situation having been beaten, flogged, stripped and now they're in this place. And I don't know what it was like in that place but I can imagine it wasn't a nice place. It would have been dark. It would have been damp and dank. It probably stunk of urine. It might have stunk of faeces because prisoners are chained up. I mean, where do you go? Think about the situation it was a horrible place to be and it says in the scripture that about the midnight hour they started praying now I don't know what they were praying about but I mean I can imagine if if I was Paul in that situation I would probably say to Silas Silas I've had enough of this mate. I can't do this anymore you know you would justifiably have good reason to grizzle about your situation but it says at about the midnight hour they started to pray. I wonder what they prayed. They just started to pray. And it says in the scripture that the other prisoners in the jail were listening to them praying. And as they prayed they came into the presence of God and something happened and their spirits started to rise. And as their spirits started to rise they started to sing in that place. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Imagine being in that place and suddenly something rises up in your spirit. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. But in that moment of time, here's my version of the story, okay? In my, my version of the story is that somewhere in the heavens, God's heard it. And he's, and he's, he's gone, hang, he's leant forward, he's gone, I hear a hallelujah. And all around about the throne and the angels and the singing, there's worship going on in heaven. And one of the angels said to him, of course you can hear a hallelujah. There's thousands of people praising you. He said, no. No, he said, I hear a hallelujah. He said, listen. And he leans in. I hear a Hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies. God's listening. He said, Can you hear it? And then they break right out. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. And it says, in, it says in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1, it says, The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. And I can see God sitting up there listening to the hallelujah. And they're breaking out. And he's leaning forward and he starts to tap his foot. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts to tap in his foot. And the scripture tells us that in that prison cell there was a mighty earthquake. The earth is his footstool. There was a mighty earthquake. All the prison doors burst open. The chains fell off. And the jailer came running in at the ruckus, not knowing what was going on. And seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to fall on his sword. And Paul said, don't kill yourself. He said, we're all, we're all here. We're all here. No one's left. How amazing. Their freedom wasn't dependent upon their circumstances. Their freedom wasn't dependent upon their situation. Their freedom was in God. The facts are, but the truth is, that's where their freedom was. And uh, it's very, very interesting when you think about that. It says in the scripture that all the other prisoners were listening to them. And no one escaped. All the prison doors opened up and no one escaped. How cool is that? You see, we carry something into a situation, into an environment. We change an atmosphere when we bring God into a situation. You bring something into a situation, it doesn't matter where you go, where you work, whether it doesn't matter what your environment is, you carry God into that environment and you change the environment, you change the atmosphere because you carry something. Maybe at lunchtime tomorrow you should start singing... Oh, Ariza, hallelujah. At the lunch table, see what happens. <laughs> you never know. But it's a great story. So, these guys, their freedom was not dependent on the situation. You know, and that story goes on. And it says that the jailer actually took them home and cleansed their wounds and fed them. And he said to them, What must I do to be saved? And ended up that, that night, in the middle of the night, the jailer and his family were all saved. Isn't that a great story? you know in a minute we're going to sing that song and as we sing that song i want you to think about what's going on in your in your world at the moment i'm going to ask the band to come up Stu. i want to think you just think about what's going on in your world at the moment what difficulties are you going through what trials and tribulations are you going through what's your truth in what's going on in your world at the moment you know i know there's people in this building and i'm sure that there'll be many here that We've got all sorts of stuff going on in your world. And as we sing that song, I want you to stand with me and just give it to God. And if you need prayer, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come out as well. And and I'm going to be here because I want to pray with anybody that needs prayer over over what's going on in your world at the moment, over the truth. And bring God into the middle of your situation. Get free. Just get free free of it. The truth will set you free. If you've been listening to stuff from the enemy, it's a lie it's not you it's not yours you don't own it so let's stand thank you for listening to our sunday podcast if you enjoyed it either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next sunday podcast gets released have a safe and blessed week